0: When you're getting back into your busy fall routine but still want to make every breakfast count, try Blue Apron's new ready-to-cook meals that offer your favorite fresh quality ingredients ready in minutes. With 60-plus options each week, you can choose from an ever-changing mix of high-quality meat, fish, vegetarian, WW-recommended, and health-conscious offerings. Get a $100 gift card, plus enjoy $130 off across your first six orders when you place an order by September 23rd. Visit blueapron.com unique2022
1: grab a cup of podcast with cat rice i'd like us to start like at the very beginning what's the route for you know andy's man's club so um, how did it all start i mean who was who in this case who was andy
0: andy was uh luke's brother-in-law luke is the, the founder of andy's man club um and he, he took his own life in, in 2016. Um, Luke saw the devastation that it had on his family. It um, was, you know, having uh, to bear the news to his family and, and go and do run errands, like go and get Andy's car from where he left it and things like that. And he, he saw, saw the devastation that it had on the family, in particular his, his little boy, who was um, his nephew. And he wanted to do something to prevent other families from, from going through the same experience. Um, so I put out a post on, on Facebook about um, setting up a coffee group for men, where men could go and talk about anything that might be bothering them in a safe place and get stuff off the chest. And that's how Andy's Man Club was born. Um, I was actually at the first ever Andy's Man Club meeting uh, four and a half years ago. Um, there were nine of us there. Um, Luke threw me the ball and, and said, hey, tell us who you are and why you're here. And I, I spoke to for about... 20 minutes about all sorts of things things that I didn't know were even bothering me things that I I knew that I wanted to talk about but also um, little things that obviously were bothering me because I I spoke about them at night but I didn't realise before speaking about them that they were even an issue Um, I passed on the ball to the the next person and they did exactly the same just unloaded everything that they'd been holding in for the last 20 odd years um, and so on and so forth until we got around all the lads and at the end of that meeting we realised that we had something really powerful there Um, just by giving men a platform to talk Mm -hmm. um, we'd unlocked a door um, which was really really powerful Um, and from there we've grown exponentially really over the last four years so I was um, volunteering with Andy's Man Club um, running our flagship group in Halifax so I've been doing that for four years and then earlier this year I've actually taken a full time Position working for Andy's Man Club. Um, so it, it's changed from doing something that I do on a voluntary basis in my own time alongside, alongside a full time job to becoming my full time job. And uh, it, it's great that I can do something that I'm, I'm passionate about for, for a living. I feel really privileged to be in that position. Um, we were having um, close to a thousand men a week attending our, our groups across the country. We've currently got 35 groups. So, yeah, a thousand men attending the Monday night sessions, which from, from being able to see where it first started and watching the journey that we've been on over the last four years, it's absolutely staggering. Um, from my point of view, personally, I'd like to see nearly a thousand lads going on a Monday night.
1: You know, for you personally, going to that first meeting, yeah, were you like? you saw that post on facebook where you like i have to go and do it or was it more like oh i'm not too sure if i should go and do it how did you feel uh you know at the time when you saw that post
0: um i was going through a creative rubbish time my relationship had broken down i'd um lost a couple of friends in in close succession and i found that i was going to the pub every night um, just to avoid being in the house on my own. I knew that that wasn't healthy. I knew that that wasn't the right way to deal with things. So when I saw Luke's post, I thought, yeah, you know, that's something that I'd be interested in. I've known Luke most of my life anyway, um, from playing rugby when we were younger. But as it happens, one of my friends had also seen Luke's post and he knew that I was going through a bit of a rough time. So he, he came in touch with me and said, come on, we'll go down there together, which were really powerful I was thinking about going down my, myself anyway, but the fact that I had somebody to go with just made sure that I did. Um, it gave me the confidence and, and a bit of support that I needed to be able to actually get through that door for the first time. Because it's not easy to walk through those doors for the first time, and I've seen yeah. I've seen men do it over the years. And I always say it's the the hardest part is is joining the meeting initially. Um, as soon as you're there and you're speaking to people and you realise that you're in you're in the right place and you can hear other people talking and it, you might be able to relate to what they're saying or oh, it, it resonates with you somehow and you just know that, that it's the right place for you and you're going to get the help that you need.
1: Were you ever the kind of person that would be like, no, I don't talk about my feelings? Or were you more of a person that, yes, was somewhat open to talk about their feelings, either in a group setting or not?
0: Um, no, i have never... The majority of the stuff that I spoke about that night, I'd never spoken about before in my life. Mm. Um, if somebody directly asked me about them, I'd probably brush it off and say, you know, I might, I might give them a, a short answer, but not really go into how it made me feel or anything like that. But having, having a platform, having a place where I knew that I could talk in a secure environment, a non-judgmental environment, a place where I didn't have to then face it on a day-to-day basis, um, it was, it was the key to, to maybe opening up fully. Really, I um, say so it's, it's hard sometimes to open up. To those people that you're close to, or those that you live with, because you feel like you might be a burden on them. Um, you know, if if you live with them, then you've got to face that on a daily basis. They might be worried about you. Um, but having somewhere where you can go that's outside of your normal routine, your normal life, it kind of separates it a little bit and just makes it a lot easier to open up and get stuff off your chest.
1: And then you, going, you know, going from that first meeting, was it like something that started on a monthly basis with Andy's Man Club, wasn't it? For what I've read. And then more people got the wind of it. In a way, I know how it's like. More for you know, more for men than women. For women, it's a little bit uh, more. Um, in a way, easier to open up. But for men, can be very difficult. You know, I understand. In a way, I understand uh, how it can yeah, how it can be because I have male friends who. Mm-hmm. Uh, find it very very difficult because it, it for my experience, I think it depends on the person's upbringing because I think if someone had that role model in their uh, in their lives where the uh, the male was the kind of person that always had that. Um, would only show that strong face and not showing their feelings and whatever and then that would put you know projecting to the to the kids Um that's what I found so far you know like speaking to lots of different people about mental health because I, sometimes it's like this regardless of being you know being a woman or being a man we all people aren't we but yeah absolutely and that's why like i as soon as i read about andy's um man club i was a bit like all right he's just taken from a little group to like having all these uh, mass scale uh, operation going isn't it almost (laughs) uh Um,
0: and um, we've got 35 groups across yeah so we've only got Four members of staff and um, i'm the most recent addition to the team i only joined the team a couple of months ago so we've, we've built the majority of that with using volunteers and things like that uh, we've built everything from the ground up um myself and andy who, who does another similar job that i do um we both used the services um we've both gone on to running a, a group and then we've come to you know head office and actually got a job out of it all of the trustees are people who've run groups themselves and use the services themselves so we've we've built it really organically from the ground up at the grassroots level and it's just been it's just been amazing to watch the journey that we've been on over the last few years and long may continue. I can't wait for the what the next twelve months holds.
1: Yeah, and it seems like it's going well, but then COVID hit. How did that I don't know, how would, how did that affect obviously it affected the groups because you guys couldn't meet up face to face anymore. So did that go online? How did you guys cope with that?
0: Yeah, so obviously when we went into lockdown initially we couldn't run the face to face meetings anymore. But we quickly set up an online platform so each of the existing clubs had a, a online meeting room that they could use. It it was challenging. Um, You know, a lot of people couldn't get on um, for various reasons. Some people didn't have the technology to get on. Other people didn't feel comfortable speaking in their home. They might have been having problems at home, um, so they didn't want to talk about it with with, where those people Maybe listening. Um, we've recently we've managed to reopen the clubs now, um, all at R One, which we're still looking for a venue for. And the feedback that we've had from the lads has been phenomenal. You know, they're so so grateful to be able to get back to the first space meetings, um, and we're running them now in a COVID secure environment, so we can continue to run them throughout this second lockdown. Do
1: you, Do you think that you get more from it having that face to face meetings rather than online, though?
0: Absolutely, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah flowing when it's online no one person can really talk at once you know Mm. you get people talking over each other and you can't really hear what's going on whereas face to face everything's you you know you can see everybody in the room rather than just one person on the screen at a time and um, it gives lots of reason to get out of the house and I look forward to somewhere to go and actually seeing people in person um, I think for the last you know eight or nine months we've spent a lot of our lives online and having to work on from home online and everything like that
1: staring at a screen all the time
0: but to be able to get away from that for a couple of hours once a week um, is priceless really isn't it
1: yeah absolutely personally well I, I work from home I do a lot of I do a lot of interviews with bands and people who um deal you know are in the mental health charities as well you know and i was just thinking actually i read something quite interesting who was the first big supporter for you guys was it Leeds United that were the big first like the s- supporter that you know were like wearing your merch and uh, shouting you know your charity name
0: um leeds united have have been massive um yeah. wearing Wearing our t-shirts and stuff To train up And warm up for matches And obviously for the grounds Huddersfield FC Have done the same But that, that's only been quite recent In the last couple of years we, When we went right back to the weekend Luke started the It's OK to talk campaign Where people were taking a selfie With the OK symbol And we had some really big names Take part in that Right at the very beginning um, Even people like Ricky Gervais Got involved um, And if anybody follows Ricky Gervais on Twitter You'll know that he mostly only just posts About cats it is. <laughs> I follow him,
1: that's so. all. Thank you
0: to deviate away from that to to something serious like um you know suicide prevention is is absolutely phenomenal you know it's massive but there's been been loads of people over the years including like the Royals and things like that Luke Luke's been down to meet Prince Harry and Prince Charles on on separate occasions for work alongside because they do a lot of charity work as well um, so to do, they, yeah. you know, and
1: so they do yeah they
0: do and been um being invaluable
1: I mean it's been absolutely phenomenal you know and and it's really good because I this is a cause I is very very close to my heart mental illness awareness i think it's something that people are aware but until it happens they aren't really aware how bad it is especially you know now that covid has hit you know uh, and it's something that I've never seen it happen before, you know, um, that I didn't even know. At the time, it was like everyone everyone was saying, oh, it's just the flu. But it's like, right, OK, it's not just the flu because people are dying, you know, more uh, in a bigger capacity than ever. And then it's just like a lot more problems have been arising because people that prior to covid yeah prior to covid didn't really uh think that they had a problem with depression and anxiety and then the covid hit we went to lockdown and then people started to realize uh, you know the more they spend time with themselves and in their heads they start to realize gosh i have a problem and i have an issue that needs to be addressed
0: one of the na- the most natural response when you um, start suffering with mental health is you just ignore it. You rush it to one side and, and pretend that everything's okay. It's a lot harder to do that when you're isolated, uh, when you're stuck in the house. Oh, yeah. When you don't have day-to-day conversations mm-hmm. with people, make you feel uh, more normal, you know, more okay. You can, if you're putting that mask on to other people, it's easy to pretend to yourself that you're okay as well. If you're just stuck in the house by yourself, uh, you're not having those interactions. Um, A lot more of those anxieties and and dark thoughts that come to the the forefront of your mind, Um, so you don't have the the natural distraction from those. Um, So yeah, lockdown's been—it's been tough. Been tough for a lot of people. I'm I'm quite fortunate, like I said, that I've got four children who um, who definitely kept me on my toes. there was never a boring day during lockdown. Trying to work from home. Luckily, my my partner was on maternity leave, uh, but she's just gone back to work. So lockdown 2.0, I'm not quite sure how that's going to go. Um, obviously, we need for the winter months as well. It's getting darker earlier. We're not having as much daylight. I think people were already struggling. We reopened the country briefly and businesses were starting to get back on their feet. Things were starting to get a little bit you know, more normal back to how they were. And it's all just going to... It's all just gone, gone backwards again. And I think people are going to struggle a lot more this time because they're not starting from the advantage position that we were in in February. You know, we'd had, we've had a good few years where things have been quite quite well. Everyone's been quite fortunate. To have six months of everything being shaken up and, and things being stripped away from people, for them, guys just starting to get back on their feet and for it all to be taken away again, it's, uh, it's going to be a tough couple of months ahead of us.
1: Do you think that... You will start to have a lot more, well, a lot more people attending groups now that they had this experience of, you know, being in self isolation.
0: Um, I think it's sort of a, a double edged sword. So there is a massive increase in the need for services mm. like ours. However, because of COVID, um, people are still very wary about where they go and leaving the house and things like that mm-hmm. so the fact that we had uh, a six month break from face to face meetings we've still not got anywhere near the, the number of guys attending that were attending uh, pre-lockdown so we're just trying to gradually building in that back up again. And it is tough, you know. I know that the people, people do need the support. When you've been so isolated and self-sufficient so long, it's hard to reach out and, and go outside of your comfort zone and outside of your bubble to, uh, to ask for it. And it's, it's daunting going to a new place anyway. It's daunting going to the supermarket, you know, with, with all the risks and stuff. So to go somewhere completely new where you don't know anybody and it's a new experience, um, it really is tough. But it, it is so worthwhile to have somewhere where you can go and talk about things and, and get support. You just that would encourage anybody to do it.
1: There's nothing like you know meeting your well you know strangers are the the, the friends that you haven't met yet, and is, there's nothing like going to a safe 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 space. Have a couple with you, mate. You know, and just oh, guys, I had a horrible week. This and this and this and this happened, and then just knowing that whatever you say does not leave, you know, and it's it's so important. I cannot stress enough how important it is for to have that there a group, uh, even even a person that you can count on to just just hear you out even when you don't when you feel like it don't make sense when you're feeling the honestly when you're feeling like utter shit to be fair you know what I mean (laughs) it's just nice to have that
0: we're very social creatures as human beings and I think a lot of those social interactions have been stripped away from us with you know technology Um, people don't communicate Communicate face to face as much as we used to. We communicate through mobile phones, social media, mm-hmm. um, mostly by text rather than actual actual voice, um, and it takes away so much from our day to day lives that we we need those social interactions. Um, and as, especially in the culture that we've got at the moment, with um, you know banner and stuff like that, people keep a lot of themselves to themselves. They don't want to expose themselves. So, like you said, have somewhere where you know it's a safe place, and you know that everything's confidential. Um, it's it's priceless in the stand It really is.
1: Yeah, it really is, and we need more spaces like that and more help out there i think i th- I think it's a really good idea to actually have a group that's you know uh specified for men you know because i think it's more important than ever to have that there that resource because like male suicide keeps going up and up and up just the statistics are crazy it just keeps going up and up and up it's like I could go there and say, oh, but everything's going to be okay. But then, yes, I can tell my story to the world. But a lot of men out there, specifically men, they will be like, well, we don't understand you are a woman. It's like, well, okay, there are certain things I might not understand. Biologically, there might be some things I don't, you know, I don't understand. But then it goes, you know, it goes both ways. But I really think what makes, you know, what makes Andy's uh, man club unique is first the, uh, you know, the story behind it. And also, how it how is it? It's expanding so much, you know, having all these different meetings as well, places, and it's been astonishing to see it grow and just in a small um, amount of time as well. And I am kind of, I am glad, you know, as a human being that cares about other human beings that this exist yeah and it's and I love I saw a picture of the bus you guys have a bus did they have like a, a tour bus at some point
0: yeah, we, we did um, a tour it was it was last year we were actually supposed to go on tour again this September
1: oh um, yeah okay it
0: was, it was really good it was um, it was more to raise awareness than anything we got um, a couple of tour buses in there and put our logos all over them and we stopped off in every town and city where we've got a club and we stopped and spoke to um, the guys that attend the clubs there and their families and it, w- it was so powerful speaking to family members and friends of people that attend the clubs across the country um, to share their experience of, of the impact that it's had on their loved ones um, and again for me who have seen where we started and where we've come from it was it was it was just phenomenal it was so powerful it was and just to be on that, the coach with the week for, for the weekend with other facilitators from across the country as well who are, you know that some of them are quite far away and I don't get to spend as much time with them as I'd like so you know we've got clubs up in Scotland and as far down south as, as Plymouth um, and we all came together and went on this journey together and it was it was absolutely fantastic.
1: That's, yeah, that's absolutely incredible. You know, just to, um, to be to actually be able to do that. You know, with the support from uh, people, you know, all over the country, but also like being able to actually. Be a registered charity. How long have you been a registered charity?
0: Um, We spent the first couple of years as a peer-to-peer support group, a community organisation. I think it was only only a couple of years ago that we actually became a registered charity. So about halfway through um, the the journey that we've been on so far, Um, and that did give us the um, resources and the the scope to, to grow further. We got we got. To a point where we realized we were getting too big to carry on doing things with the way we were doing them and we had to change the model a little bit but in doing so we, we opened so many doors and um, you know i think it was about the time when my colleague Andy Greenway took on his role um, a couple of years ago is, you know so to have somebody there who could oversee the clubs and actively go out setting up new clubs um, and now there's two of us and um, we can we can do so much more
1: I was just thinking, yeah, that's what you just said. Like, I am, honestly, I am very excited about all this. And um, I just, I'm so, um, you know, grateful that there's something, something there is happening. Yeah, it's absolutely amazing. I was just thinking, you know, the people that actually come to the groups. Mm-hmm. Is there like a, 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 what I was thinking is just more of like, is there like um, a specific age group that comes in? Or do you get people from all you know, obviously 18 plus uh, but younger people as well coming in through the doors
0: there is, there is no specific um, walk of life there's no specific age, no specific background um, we have lads right from the age of 18 and the, the oldest gentleman I've seen at the club I think is 84 um, you know all walks of life from people that are homeless to people that uh, run their own businesses and professional sports people and things like that um, when you walk through the doors of, of one of our clubs everybody's equal all titles and are left at the door um, and everybody's there for, for that one purpose you know to, to help themselves and help other people um, but it, it's such a wide range of people and it just goes to show that no matter who you are no matter where you come from everybody suffers with mental health problems at some, time, some point in their life um, and it doesn't alienate you if anything it, it makes you more human um, the fact that you 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 do have these feelings and you do have these emotions and you do need to talk about them um and that affects everybody it's not not just any t- type of person but it affects absolutely everybody
1: absolutely you know we are we all human beings and it affects us and it's it can yeah it can, it can be so difficult dealing with something like this it would be obviously would be difficult for you know more than one person than another and um but I think for you, like, from going, personally, from going from that first meeting to now, are you grateful that you went?
0: Absolutely. It changed my life. So, when I actually attended the first meeting, I was off, off work on, on sick with depression. Um, and shortly after, I, I you know, a couple of weeks going down there, I felt well enough to go back to work. Um, a couple of months later, I'd actually got a new job. Um, doing something that I, I was more interested in I've just taken my life's gone from strength to strength
1: that's really really good to hear an, out. an
0: outlet to be able to open up and, and it's made me a lot more confident in all areas of my life and just knowing just knowing, if anything happens throughout the week I know that I've got somewhere that I can go and talk about it on Monday night um, so I, I don't bottle anything up anymore I don't worry about things that are outside my control I don't live my life Um in that sort of negative environment anymore and once you change to the positive cycle uh, it just opens up so many more opportunities and opens so many more doors for you.
1: Would you give any, you know, what would your advice be for someone that's thinking about going to a meeting and they aren't sure?
0: Just give it a try. Every single person that's in that room understands how difficult it is to walk through that door for the first time because they've all done it. Um, you'll be welcomed with with open arms. Um, you'll be listened to, and you'll be cared for. Like I said the people that go to the the meetings they not only want to get help for themselves, but they also carry on going because they want to help other people. Um, helping other people helps ourselves anyway. Do you know what I mean? It it gives you a sense of purpose. Uh, it's almost a, a sense of gratitude for for being there. But. It, if it takes you a couple of weeks driving around the block, if you sit outside in your car for the first couple of weeks, just get down there and try your hardest to get through those doors and, and talk to somebody because it's 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 invaluable. It really will change your life. That's
1: yeah, that is that's really good because it's I have been to groups myself, support groups, and I've seen uh, you know like. <laughs> seeing something on facebook or twitter offering support and my first thought is like i'm too scared of going it's sort of like my first thought was like who would who would care about what i have to say you know who would care about any of the words that come out of my mouth and for so long i'd put it off until one day i was just like no i really need to um start myself out i know i suffer from depression anxiety i have ptsd and but because i always thought that i always had to be the strong person for my kids uh now i have two kids um both of them are on the um, autistic spectrum. My son is six years old and he's nonverbal autistic, so he can't really do a lot. And then there's my daughter. She's uh, nearly nine and she is on the, uh, what we call high functioning. So she's very intelligent. Yeah, very intelligent kid. And, and but she struggles with her emotions and social cues and, And empathy sometimes. I've I've always wanted to be that person that my kids could see that everything was all right. Nothing's wrong. But obviously inside, I was, you know, breaking into pieces. But yeah, it was very difficult to go somewhere, especially in a group setting, though. Especially in a group setting, because you feel like, personally, this is my story. I felt going to a group setting that as soon as I walked through that door, all eyes were on me right it's like who's this person i felt like everyone was just staring at me and it was scary right it was scary as hell honestly first day there uh one hour meeting it was scary uh it was a lot of tears a lot of tears from everyone they're telling their stories and why they're there and and then i was just like oh gosh i'm not doing this again I thought to myself, I'm not doing this again. Then the next meeting came. I was just like, oh, I don't want to do I don't want to do. I was so honestly, I was just like, no, I'll give up. But then I start thinking about my kids. I'm like, no, I need to be the best version of myself that I can be for these two people. Yeah, they're the most important people in my life. And I went again, and it was just easier. You know, it was just, it gets easier. The more often you go, it gets easier. Yeah, and I can vouch that it was, honestly, it's the best thing that there is out there, having a support group. And it was the best thing that I could have done, you know, to, in a way, save myself. And I feel much better for it. I'm still going to lots of different, you know, still go to support groups i still um talk to people about all this stuff and but yeah it's honestly it is it is very very difficult very difficult Mm -hmm. but it's just going just being just that little bit like to just think what's so important that yeah, your mental health is so important. So that you can take care of yourself, so that you can take care of the people that mean the most to you, and that's what it, That's what triggered me to to, to do it. That's
0: some, something that I, I live my life by, you know. You, and um, it's something that my mum actually said to me when I was when I was um, not very well. I said, you know, you've got to you've got to look after yourself so that before you look after those that are around you. Um, and you've got to be selfish about it sometimes and she, she's absolutely right you know Um if, if i'm not well in myself how can i then put it on myself to look after other people as well and um, just making my job a lot harder it's not a not a nice environment for them to be in um, so for me like like you said for me to, i need to be the best version of me so that i can do what's right for those around me and look at help then help other people to get through their problems and help my kids be the best version of themselves as well.
1: Absolutely, and honestly, despite having this conversation with you, I know, and I can tell by the person that you that you are, uh, that your kids will look up to you and say, wow, like my dad was having a shit time, but he sorted himself out and now you're running uh running things behind the scenes you know and that's that's great you know it's absolutely amazing to see because if you take the initiative you know it's it just takes that first that first step to get to the top you know you're just taking that first step and the, the rest is just fighting you know fight to the top and It's, um, yeah, and I love to hear about stories like yours, you know, I, yeah, it inspires me and I hope that inspires other people as well that, you know, will be listening to this and think, I'm going to, I'm going to do something about it. And I hope that if we help just the one person, then cool. <laughs> that,
0: that's it. Really. And i try tried to reach as many people as possible, but ultimately if we can just change the life of just one person, then just help one person, then it's all been worthwhile.
1: Oh, absolutely. So what's next for... Andy's uh, Man Club.
0: Um, we're just going to continue doing what we've been doing. Um looking at opening up as as many new clubs as we possibly can. Uh, my personal aim is to have an Andy's Man Club accessible to every man in every town and city across the United Kingdom, and from there, who knows? Who knows? Andy's Man Club worldwide.
1: Yeah, that honestly, that sounds sounds uh, great. But you know, it's. I really hope that everything goes as smoothly as it can. COVID or not, <laughs> let's get it done. <laughs> well, obviously, you know, i have to uh, consult government guidelines and all that stuff. But hopefully, hopefully things will start getting back on track so that, you know, you guys can help as many men as you can to, uh, you know, encourage more men to come into your groups and participate because that's exactly what we what we need right now, more than ever. Is uh, groups like you know, and charities like Andes, <laughs> and yeah, it's uh, yeah. Honestly, I am honestly, I'm very um, inspired, you know, by your journey as well as going to these groups for the first time, and now you're helping, you know, um, being behind the scenes and running things. So. Yeah. yeah well done man
0: i'm still I'm still expecting to wake up and um be sat in an office in my old job uh I, you know it doesn't even feel like coming to work on a day-to-day basis coming down here so i just enjoy it so much and i get so much out of it myself it's, it's fantastic
1: so if anyone wants to read more about you guys or where they can uh can go
0: um so if We've got a list of our active clubs on our website andysmanclub.co.uk. Um, we also run a national online group for anybody who falls outside of our catchment areas. Um, if you want to join that or for any information about what we do, you just need to send an email to us at info at andysmanclub.co.uk.
1: That's fantastic. I don't really have anything else to to ask you, Ollie. I don't think we, um, much love to your family. Take care of yourself.
0: You as well. Take care and thank you very much.
1: Well, thank you for taking the time to having a chat with me. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Grab
0: a cup of podcast with Cat Wright.